Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching and today we're going to cover step parenting. If you are parenting a child and you are having a hard time with your sensitive child calling up that unconditional love, that true understanding connection with your sensitive kid because they are stuck in the meltdown or refusal cycle, then make sure that you stay tuned. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. So today we're going to talk about the challenges that step-parents can have when parenting sensitive kids, sensitive teens stuck in the meltdown shutdown cycle. So first let's describe what that cycle is, right? If you are, are parenting a child who is, who is hitting, kicking, screaming, yelling at you, threatening you, saying things like uh, life would be better off without them. And this behavior is relevant for uh, and, and uh, true for children who are having daily meltdowns ages four and up. Uh, highly sensitive kids who are having daily meltdowns, even at the age of two, it's not developmentally appropriate. So we want to look at frequency as well as how long this has been lasting. Your sensitive child, uh, if they are ha having such intense, aggressive moments for, um, for, for, for a child at the age of four, five, eight, nine, ten, then uh, this is clearly something that you need to be paying attention to. And your child is stuck in the meltdown cycle. Your whole family is. And uh, we're here to, to address that. That's our specialty here at MTC. We help parents of sensitive kids and teens break out of that meltdown shutdown cycle. Uh, and we can do that with families for, with, uh, with that support that we provide directly in as little as eight weeks even. And so when we think about parents who are trying to support their children, even teenagers uh, who are shutting down, I, you know, um, you don't get me yet. You don't understand. This is too big. I can't do it. I won't do it. Uh, related to homework, schoolwork, etc. Uh, there's obviously a completely different dynamic when you insert a st step parent into the equation, right? But with that being said, the challenges that parents or step parents are dealing with in the meltdown cycle, it's really important for you to understand because um, there's a there's a clear difference between meltdown cycle behavior and adjustment behavior, right? So if you're remarried um, or in the process of, of dating, moving towards marriage um, or, or partnering uh, commit long term commitment with a um, with a with an adult, the, the, uh, the parent of the sensitive kid in question, and you're struggling to also figure out where um, where you can uh, support your uh, partner in this parenting relationship and the dynamic of, um, of understanding uh, your role as well as building trust with your sensitive child, uh, it's important to understand that part of, part of the challenges that you might see for children who are adjusting to a change in parenting um, when, when step parents uh, become part of the equation um, 
this is this is to be expected. You know, children can can regress in their behavior or, or exhibit irritable um, or challenging behavior for a period of time. Um, whether they're highly sensitive or not. With that being said, the frequency and intensity is what we look at when we talk about the meltdown cycle. If your child's behavior is so intense that there's meltdowns happening at all beyond the age of four, um, and especially daily or multiple times a day or multiple times a week, uh, then we have a significant issue going on. And this is a family dynamic issue. It's not a concern that it is just related to your child's experience of the world. And so this is really important for you to be paying attention to, especially if you're a step parent who is just trying to read all of the things and digest everything. Um, or if you're a parent and you're, um, you're, you're working to um, integrate a new parent into um, a new partner into the, the parenting relationship, then this is relevant as well. So it's important to tease out the difference between um, how divorce and parental separation and parental remarriage um, or, or repartnering can, um, can impact the situation that you're dealing with, but also um, really, really important to notice what is the meltdown cycle symptoms. And, and so we cover that uh, at, at length consistently in our videos, uh, trainings, and, and podcasts here at, at MTC that are uh, free for you guys and um, available. And with that being said, let's talk about the specific issues that you, and I'm going to speak to you being a step parent, okay? So uh, be sure that if this is uh, related to you and you're not a step parent, just, you know, hear, hear it from this lens. Um, we're, we're here to support you as well. So as a step parent, right, we notice that, uh, that, you, that you'll notice there's an adjustment period. You are an adult in the home, and it's also true that... Um, you're not the adult, your child, the, the, the highly sensitive child in question was, um, was planning for or expecting, right? Um, and, and it's important for you to notice that if this is a new transition or a newer transition, year, under a year, um, experience, then, then obviously there's going to be um, some, some challenging adjustments to be made with your, with your sensitive child and building that relationship. Um, Knowing that, right, this is this is relevant for any age, uh, two through 18 plus, right? Um, you know, even um, when my grandfather remarried after my grandmother died, I was six. Um, a couple years later, I remember my mom and, and uh, her sisters who were still alive at the time, um, all having their own emotional response to um, to, to my papa marrying, remarrying. And um, even though she was a family friend and, and, and the um, relationship was, was companionship uh, focused, right? Um, and and to, to combat loneliness, which we know obviously is, is a much bigger risk for the elderly population um, in, in the, their later years, it still feels different uh, when, when you introduce a, a second adult, a different adult in, in the household. Um, so that part's normal, okay? Let's, let's cover that. That part's to be expected and um, uh, emotions are to be expected, negative emotions, loss, grief to be expected. Uh, then we look at the, um, the unexpected emotions, the, the um, atypical experience. And this is what is going on with highly sensitive kids. And um, the behavior is what I'm talking about here, not the experience. I'm not saying that highly sensitive children are atypical or abnormal. That's not it at all. A highly sensitive people make up one out of every um, five, which means 20% of the population is highly sensitive. And treating highly sensitive children like abnormal is actually what keeps them, part of what keeps them in the highly sensitive uh, meltdown cycle, okay? Um, and it's important to notice that highly sensitive children um, do not have to be 
living in a meltdown cycle. This is our whole life's mission in, at, um, at MTC, my life's mission as well, uh, because the meltdown cycle leads to serious risky behaviors like uh, chronic suicidality, chronic self-harm, and um, chronic risky behaviors, promiscuity, substance abuse, aggression, etc. cetera, um, in adolescence or uh, in adulthood. Um, at, at worst case, and then obviously best case, is just people-pleasing workaholism, where the sensitive child just learns to stuff their emotions and pretend to be uh, non-highly sensitive um, and expect to, to expect themselves to make everybody happy um, because they are, they are more prone to shame in the meltdown cycle. And so when we think about breaking out of this pattern, so obviously neither of those pictures for your stepchild's uh, future, for your child's future, um, are pretty, right? None of that's pretty. So let's look at what the ideal situation can be. You can build a relationship with your stepchild because the definition of parenting um, is, has nothing to do with biology, right? It has everything to do with the role that you play and uh, the relationship that you're looking to build. And, and in, uh, in parenting, Webster talks about um, the, the definition being relevant to caring for someone in role of, of um, of a parent, which is the, um, you know, to use the definition in, of a word in, in its own definition, right? <laughs> um, thanks, Webster. Um, we're focusing on raising a child to be emotionally healthy, especially in these days. That's where um, attachment theory comes into play, but it's not the whole picture, as well as teaching children to safely advocate for them, themselves, safely set limits, and make creative problem-solving decisions. All of those things go into play in terms of raising any child, and especially a highly sensitive child. And uh, if you are the person taking on that role as one of the primary caregivers, then we consider you a parent, right? That's important. So, um, so when we think about that in, in terms of supporting uh, your child, the important piece, and I say child um, just because I'm not going to say child, teen, adolescent, you know, six words to say the same thing. But make sure that you understand we work with children and parents. Um, we work with parents who, whose kids are ages 2 through 18. So this is not a... Um, just a little kid problem we talk about all these meltdowns none of these are, are little kid problems these are highly sensitive kids stuck in the meltdown cycle and and uh, we work with countless uh, parents of, of 12 13 year olds etc as well as uh, 15 year olds 16 year olds who we work with directly uh, alongside their parents the the, t the high schoolers need uh, need need understanding and need to learn more about themselves differently um, alongside their parents and through their parents so that research is clear um, and, and we follow what works. We do the science-based uh, strategy here at MTC. And so when we think about the important component about uh, step parenting, and it, it can bring up a lot of guilt, right? If you're not able to connect to your sensitive kid, uh, you can feel like maybe you weren't cut out for this, worried that maybe you don't have, um, questioning whether or not you, don't, you have appropriate parenting instincts because you didn't start from birth, right? Um, and with that being said, I have to tell you that everything can be taught. This is really important. We hear from parents of sensitive kids who did start from birth, uh, whether it was biological or, or via adoption, that their sensitive child and the struggles that they're having with their sensitive child um, started at a very young age. And, and, and parents of highly sensitive kids um, who, who are not step parents 
um, can, can experience guilt, frustration, aggravation, disappointment at any stage, especially when stuck in the meltdown cycle. Um, those, those emotional experiences are pretty pervasive. So, um, you know, what did I get myself into? This is not what I expected parenting to be. Questioning yourself as a parent, questioning your instincts as a parent. And, um, you know, thinking that you might not be good enough to parent your, your child. And so if you're a step parent and you're thinking all of these things, it's important for you to notice that's a symptom of the, set, the, of the uh, meltdown cycle or the shutdown cycle. That is not um, a knock on your particular parenting um, to say that every single thing that you're doing is, is wrong or broken. Right now, obviously, the strategy that you're using, we'll talk about what, what, need, what works. So you stop feeling like that right? Um, but it is really important to notice that if you're going in that direction of questioning yourself or going in the direction of wondering whether or not um, this, this child in your care is a jerk, um, if they're manipulating you, if you are just, um, you know, not caught out for this, uh, then all of those emotional experiences we hear time and time again with parents just getting started with us and um this is this is an experience that is it that is akin to the meltdown and shutdown cycle so um it's important for you to notice that okay so with that being said this is a fixable problem okay so you might wonder you know how do i know that right well I've been doing this for over a decade and uh, we've helped hundreds of families through this avenue alone and, um, you know, through the, through the coaching systems that we've created. And with that being said, um, parenting, uh, you know, childlike relationships was not my uh, forte. You know, I babysat growing up um, in young adolescence. With that being said, uh, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> I wasn't naturally uh, playful. I wasn't naturally... Um, engaging um you know it, it didn't come as natural to me as it did for example my sister who would get down and dirty and play and was super active etc um with the kiddos and and so when i was babysitting back in the day i only did that for a little while and i moved into the restaurant business because i was uh, more capable of of um relating to adults than I was in relating to children. Now, with that being said, obviously, um, I'm very successful at what, what I do and I train um, consistent, you know, hundreds of parents a year and we, we work with and I have a team, um, two teams, if you count the other uh, private practice business, um, where I've trained many, many professionals on how to relate effectively and have fun with children and I parent my child the same way. Um, so, so clearly, I, I can be an example to you that even if you don't have those innate skills, um, you can use that uh, history for you for yourself um, to learn that um, that that this skill can be taught. Okay, a lot of parenting actually is not innate, um, especially the parenting that we talk about here at MTC, which is emotional focused, um, emotion regulation skill focused, as well as setting. Um, effective boundaries that doesn't set kids up for judging themselves, uh, helps children uh, maintain a perspective that they can and that they are capable and that they can be creative. All of those um, strategies that we teach, you know, all of those tactics that we teach that, that fit into the strategy, that, the system that I've built over the years, um, they're not typically innate. They're not typically intuitive because what is intuitive in our society? Intuitive in our society is trying to parent the way you were parented or trying to parent the opposite of the way that you were parented. And um, none of that is based in science. It's just based in anecdotes. It's just based in your own perspective of history. And that is reactive. 
Um, and, and it's the same kind of reactivity that our parents parented us with when they didn't have the research that we have now in, in today's day and age. And, um, and so we would call that, um, you know, and I refer to that more often as traditional parenting, right? So um, uh, lecturing, removing privileges to teach um, as a tactic to teach, um, uh, sharing, you know, that you're disappointed in a child to try to motivate somebody, all of those behaviors, yelling, um, spanking, um, writing lines, uh, grounding, etc. all of those traditional behaviors that moved out of severe corporal punishment, which was used uh, when children weren't seen as children, you know, um, hundreds of years ago, and even um, in some families today without, uh, without proper education on what helps children um, or insight. With that being said, um, even if you're not using corporal punishment, it's highly likely corporal punishment is spanking um, or um, sitting on rice, nose to the door, um, any other sort of severe punishment um, to, to engage uh, your child in um, teaching them that they're learning, which none of that actually works. So even if you're not using corporal punishment to, um, to try to teach your kid, a lot of the strategies that you're likely using are either um, passive or uh, permissive or um, uh, pressuring. And so, uh, you know, on a, it, you might feel compelled to try to just be your kid, your, this child's friend, your, your kid's friend, your stepkid's friend. Um, well, you know, if they don't follow my directions, if they just yell at me, then maybe I just need to focus more on the relationship and help them see that I'm a normal human being and we can laugh and joke and then I'll just wait till uh, my partner gets home and then they can handle um, the discipline component. Now, discipline means to teach, right? So the teaching component, what you're teaching, uh, you're an adult in the home, so you're definitely teaching whether you like it or not. So um, trying to be your, your stepkid's friend is not working. You already know that because sometimes you will need to have them uh, follow directions like sitting at the table or um, joining the family or um, getting in, in the car in a timely fashion, leaving when you're picking them up, um, keeping their seatbelts on, um, you know, etc. And all of that is relevant no matter the kid's age, okay? Um, and so you, you will need to set limits. You will need your, your stepchild to follow limits. So trying to be their friend or trying to cater to their every whim uh, does not work. None of those uh, strategies create a sense of, of safe relationship when in, with an adult to child. Um, and so it's important to not follow that, right? And then the next thing that, it's, that is important for you, you might be trying to, um, to address this issue by, by just trying to shower them with gifts. So, um, or um, shower them with, um, with love, bending over backwards, and, and then um, expecting the, the, the um, biological parents to, um, to manage behavior. And, and that also leaves a lot of room for growth in your family dynamic. And so it is important to, um, to notice how your stepchild can respond effectively to you as a step-parent um, who, who is expecting uh, rules to be followed in the home, um, but it needs to be done in a, in a loving way rather than a way that, that has you carry this, uh, a spirit of being offended uh, by your child's behavior. And uh, that requires a, a lot of understanding related to uh, research and in, in, in parenting sensitive kids. But um, 
the understanding of breaking out of the meltdown cycle is not frequently spoken about in research. So Elaine Aaron will talk about in her research, and she's um, the one who coined the phrase back in the 90s, highly sensitive child, um, and the, the research um, use name, sensory processing sensitivity. Um, she speaks about how meltdowns are just part of the game. And so then if you're reading her work, then you might um, start to believe that falsehood that parenting sensitive kids either means that you need to wait forever for them to grow um, and just let them do it on their own, which doesn't actually work, or um, you need to just be gentle. And um, gentle is important, right, in terms of communicating effectively, um, but it is not the whole picture and it actually can be quite passive um, in, parent, in a parenting style for sensitive kids in a way that, that actually uh, creates a lack of safety in the home. Sensitive kids need boundaries, they need safety, um, they, need to be, they need to know that they can trust adults who can keep them safe by saying no, and um, those no's need to be delivered in an effective way that doesn't actually add shame. So we talked about this as well. So you gotta pay attention to that. Um, all of these tactics, you know, even reading a bunch, having Monday morning quarterback meetings at the end of the day, um, which I, I realize is a US reference. So, um, uh, you know, if, if for our international listeners, um, what I'm what I'm focusing on is is just noticing, just trying to run down the whole day and see where you can pinpoint, pick and choose of what you you know where you can pivot differently next time. Uh, all of that, uh, in addition to just constantly trying to consume information, none of that leads to transformation. And that's what your child needs. Your child needs a transformation in the um, in the family dynamic, and that needs to come from the top, you and your partner. Um, as well as uh, if, if you are co-parenting with an ex-spouse uh, or ex-partner, um, that is obviously ideal that all of the households are, are in alignment and working together to follow the same system. Uh, with that being said, um, if, a, if a household has two parents and, and holds at least um, half of the custody, um, then we've, you know, we've seen success with where parents uh, can, especially those who work with us, uh, where one household in, in divorce households can can affect significant change, even if the ex-spouse is not um, not engaging in the work that we do. Knowing that, however, there are some stipulations, right? Like I said, corporal punishment um, does not work. You cannot try to uh, use effective strategies in one household and then use corporal punishment, which is quite tra traumatizing for sensitive kids. Um, and that, that inconsistency will absolutely uh, break the spirit of a sensitive child. And, uh, and so that's incredibly important. And in either two households, multiple homes, or um, even in one home where, you know, you might read um, generalized parenting strategies and say that a child needs just one adult who can be um, a positive role model. And um, that is not true for sensitive kids. Sensitive kids need consistency. They don't need just one adult. Um, so if there's two adults in the home, you need two adults to be participating in um, in the change of, of the relationship. Because again, like I said, uh, what what changes a child's behavior who stuck in the meltdown cycle is an approach to the family dynamic. And so if you've got two adults, one adult working on affecting that change and one adult who is just saying, nope, don't need any change, irrelevant to me, uh, then obviously the family dynamic isn't going to shift um, for, for many, many years. Um, and that's gonna be um, a lose-lose situation for everybody involved. So when we think about being able to shift out of that, the first things first, uh, as a step-parent you need to be focusing on is supporting um, your partner 
and understanding what works for highly sensitive kids. So let's focus on that. First thing, uh, you need to be able to assume, right, decide uh, that you are an awesome parent. Um, again, I talked about, you know, in spite of all of the worries and concerns you have that, uh, that you weren't cut out for this, the fact that you're learning, the fact that you're trying to shift this is a sign that you are an awesome parent. Now, that means that you need to start developing awesome skills, okay? And one of those awesome skills is learning that your child is also awesome um, through and through. They're not manipulative. They're not here to try to, um, to get control out of you or, or any of that. Uh, the brain is not developed in a, in a child enough to do that. So you have to break out of that assumption. And, and, and when you do that, then you can clearly understand that really all you're working on is teaching your sensitive kids those skills. Um, through the relationships that matter most, and that is the parent-child relationship. The parent-child relationship is the change agent for sensitive kids. It is not a relationship with anybody else. No therapist, no doctor, no mentor, no no big brother, big sister, um, official or um, you know, or in the household. I mean, um, like in terms of those um, volunteer mentors. None of that teacher. Um, none of that will be as impactful as the parent-child relationship for sensitive kids. And this is critically important for you because when you think about being able to break out of that pattern, it is very, very clear um, that sensitive children change their behavior specifically through, not, through their relationship with their parents, whereas non-highly sensitive kids can change their behavior by just getting introspective and insightful. Um, insight is blocked in the meltdown cycle for sensitive kids and that's incredibly important to break out of that pattern. You need to be able to do that uh, by observing how to teach your child without shame-based parenting and uh, focus on being strategic and showing your child how they can grow uh, with, without, not only without shame but also through play. Okay? Um, so those are the four components uh, that we teach our, our clients and obviously it's much more effective to do that when you're working with an expert who is uh, capable of holding you accountable to following through because there are a ton of um, uh, pieces of reactive mis uh, misinformation out in the world in terms of what's going to, going to um, remind you of uh, what you used to believe. Uh, in parenting and if you're learning new information just like speaking a foreign language you're going to need to practice you're going to need to speak around fluent people and uh, that requires work in um, in, a, in a more uh, pervasive setting than just one-on-one -on -one, um, working with a with a tutor for example so if you think about being able to speak the highly sensitive language um, like speaking a foreign language um, obviously immersion is much more effective than um, than than just a strategy of, of meeting one once a week, right? Uh, studying Spanish, for example, once a week is going to get you to use the bathroom um, in, in a Spanish-speaking sorry, in a Spanish-speaking country. Um, it's going to get you to be able to maybe order a coffee, um, maybe um, figure out how to pay. Um, but when we're thinking about being pay for you know pay for items um, or ask um, if they speak English. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can't practice learning a new language, learning a new new operating um, system uh, once a week for an hour. So expecting your child to do that is um, you know completely mismatched, and um, expecting you to do that is is no wonder you're stuck if you've been trying to do that yourself, right? It might be that um, you know I'm not just referring to those of you who have tried therapy before. Um, because obviously that's the therapy model, an hour a week, um, and then maybe some, some coping skills to practice on, on um, outside of the session, five minutes here or there. 
a couple times a, a week. That's not what we're talking about um, entirely. It could be just that you are spending Sundays reading books about um, being highly sensitive. Could be just that you are uh, talking to friends and having play dates every once in a while with parents whose highly sensitive kids aren't having meltdowns. But what you don't know is maybe that child is really struggling in, in going to school and advocating and, and, um, and having a conversation with the teacher about how the fact that they feel stuck. So perhaps they're showing up more like a people pleaser um, rather than uh, screaming from the rooftops that they're stuck and, and afraid and worried and, and nervous all the time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you're, that, you're, that your friend's uh, sensitive kids are, are really getting on um, effectively if the, if, the, if the parent doesn't speak the language. So we got to focus on that, right? Just like I said, um, as a step parent, you can learn this too. If I was able to learn it uh, throughout my career, I've, I've been able to shrink that timeline for you. <laughs> uh, we can certainly do that and, and address that for, for the parents that we work with directly. Uh, but we, we focus on the ability to, to teach you the high level view of the system here. And, and you've heard, uh, if this is not the first <clears throat> training that you've heard me uh, speak on, you've heard what our system composes of, right? And um, <clears throat> the, the understanding that this challenge needs to be addressed from you as the adult uh, is not just based in, um, in in personal experience. Now, obviously, we've got hundreds of data points, so that's a pretty good um, personal experience list, right? Um, but it's also focused on the research. It's focused on the research um, of Elaine Aaron, who speaks that the parent-child relationship does need to change. Now, with that being said, she has a pretty um, ineffective view of what's actually possible for sensitive people. Uh, and that's where I that's where I focus and where she and I differ. And then when we focus on um, understanding uh, Pluis's research, understanding Marshall Linehan's research, um, there there are plenty of other uh, researchers in sensitivity, bio, biological sensitivity, um, that that we've you know we've studied here at MTC. With that being said, uh, it's not the full picture. You also need to shift, and that requires a full understanding of of general human behavior. Um, general adult human behavior, which is different than, than child behavior. And, um, and that's where that, that two-part focus uh, needs to come into play um, in your ability to manage your own emotions and your ability to teach that this is possible and you have to shift how you think um, in, in, um, in, in your daily life and in being able to do that effectively first in parenting so you can see those, uh, those quick results like I talked about. Um, because... Um, you know, just having a quick conversation for several weeks is not going to cut it. So it needs to be more of an immersive experience to turn this around. So um, being able to support your, your family is something that we are happy to do, uh, especially given the circumstance of, of divorce, separation, and, and how that impacts the family dynamic, as well as how that impacts your child directly. Um, obviously, uh, to, to figure out if we were a fit to serve your family, uh, we would have to have a conversation because there are multiple um, dynamics that can come into play when divorce is rele relevant um, or, or parental separation is relevant. So uh, we need to make sure that we were we are fit uh, before we were to agree to work together. And um, the best way we know how to do that is to actually have a, a conversation with you, talk to you on the phone, uh, break down where you're stuck, what, what your goals are for your whole family unit, and whether or not we can help you. And um, if we can't help you, right, because if our, if our system is, is most effective for families in a different dynamic, then we will tell you that. It's incredibly important that we maintain our 98.9% .9 success rate. What is that from? Uh, it, it's from all of the families who are perfect fits, who come into the work that we have, and they do it, right? So the 1.1% are, are families who say, yes, I want to do it, and then um, 
struggle in, in getting started. Um, but 1% is a pretty high, um, um, it's a pretty good number <laughs> if, I, if I ask myself um, in terms of families who, who struggle, okay, uh, with what we do. And with that being said, um, knowing that it's important for us, like I said, to, to maintain that success rate means that we are of high integrity, not going to tell you that we can help you if we can't. Um, so we'll, we'll point you in that direction if that's the case. Um, and, and we'll go ahead and have that conversation together, uh, myself or, or a team member, uh, one of my coaches who's specifically trained in ensuring uh, that we make sure that we're only uh, inviting families who apply to work with us who are a good fit. Okay. Um, and if that's the case, then we, you can get started right away. If it's not the case, then we, we teach you exactly what you need to do in order to find different resources to get started on solving your problem right away. Um, so either way, it's a win-win and uh, we're happy to serve in that capacity. Okay. So uh, that's it for me today. And I hope that you have a lovely day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you're ready to join a community of parents focused on eliminating the daily meltdown cycle and want more support, be sure to join our free Facebook group, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja, where we provide free video trainings to parents just like you. You can find that in the search bar of Facebook or you can go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash parenting highly sensitive child. Thank you and have a wonderful day.